Most of us in this room tonight have lived through an earthquake. Whether big or small, the kind that gently rolls or violently jolts. I've only experienced one. I was in a yoga class in 2019 when the floor started to move in waves. And at first I just thought, this is a really good teacher. <laughs> but then I realized what was really happening and I, like everyone else, panicked. And if you've lived through an earthquake, you know the terror when the ground beneath your feet buckles and shakes. And Californians tell me, keep shoes next to your bed in case of broken glass, have at the ready candles, flashlights, phone battery rechargers, medications, water. Some even keep a go bag. And don't drive around like I do with only a quarter tank of gas. <laughs> but no matter how much we prepare, frightening things like earthquakes happen. And, and in the midst of it all, our bodies are fragile vessels and we live in uncertain times, feeling fearful sometimes, maybe many times. It makes sense. We hear about fear in this evening's gospel. Jesus' dear friend Mary Magdalene and the other Mary go to the tomb where Jesus' body has been laid. By the way, Thousands of years later, the jury still out on the identity of this other Mary. Many women, quite a few of them named Mary, gathered beside Mary Magdalene near the cross as Jesus died. And in tonight's story, Mary Magdalene is joined later at the tomb by one of those other Marys, most likely the mother of some of Jesus's followers, maybe disciples. Anyway, back to fear. We hear, suddenly there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance like lightning and his clothing white as snow. Hear that? An angel descends, crossing from the heavenly to the earthly realm, from one reality, one dimension to another, causing the earth to shake and split. What's more, this angel sits triumphantly atop the tomb, kind of a mic drop moment. For fear of the earthquake of an angel, the guards shake and become like dead men. But the women don't. Terrified, yes. They manage to retain consciousness. And remember, this isn't their first earthquake. Days earlier, as Jesus on the cross breathed his last, the earth shook and the rocks were split. And we hear that when the centurion and those with him who were keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were terrified and said, truly, this man 
was God's son. And we know that the women, Mary Magdalene and the others, stood nearby, so they experienced this moment too. Heaven shakes earth in that story. And now it's happening again as the angel speaks, correctly sizing up the situation. Guards passed out and women trembling. The angel says to Mary and Mary, do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has been raised as he said, come, see the place where he lay. And the angel shows them the empty tomb and tells Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, he has been raised from the dead. Back to fear, I wonder, what exactly does the angel mean when he tells the women, do not be afraid? Does he mean, do not be afraid of me, an angel who has suddenly crashed down from heaven, causing an earthquake along the way. Well, that would be a tall order. Or does he mean, do not be afraid that the tomb is empty. You may be thinking that Jesus' body has been stolen, but he is alive. He has risen. Or does the angel mean, do not be afraid to join in the earth-shattering things that are happening right now. Do not be afraid to allow this great joy to be true. I like that one. <laughs> Do not be afraid to hear and believe what I'm telling you, unlike the guards, out cold. Do not be afraid to let this amazing news flood your heart and stir you to action. For a story about the resurrection, wouldn't that be enough? We could stop right there. But the angel is only part of the story. There's more. Next we hear that the women leave the tomb with fear and great joy. Still scared, of course. Again, we humans are fragile vessels in a storm-tossed world. And these women over the past days and hours have suffered so much sorrow. But they leave the tomb with fear combined with great joy. Think about that mixture of feelings in your own life. A moment you plunged into something new and life-changing, Tony Kim, <laughs> and Feeling that feeling of simultaneously being gripped with fear and giddy with exhilaration, maybe it is or was your journey toward God, with God, asking yourself, can what I feel be true? Is this happening? So, off Mary and the other Mary stumble away from the tomb, grappling with the extraordinary information that the Lord is risen when, instantly, they run right into Jesus. And the first words out of his mouth, greetings, do not be afraid. 
Jesus, like the angel, acknowledging their fear because fear is a part of this, a part of great change. I'm going to say it again. Fear is a part of great change. Notice how in all four of the Gospels, Jesus first appears to women. Always Mary Magdalene in all four. She's alone in John's Gospel, but in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, other women are with her. The disciples always elsewhere, long gone. Despite their promises of fidelity, Jesus' terrified friends run away. The men run for safety while the women sit with pain. Watching as Jesus is crucified, reeling as the earth shakes, weeping to see their dear one sealed in a tomb. But don't blame the disciples for running away because Jesus doesn't. Gently, he says to Mary and Mary, go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Hear that? Not the disciples, my brothers. No lasting anger, just love. And the women, the ones Jesus chooses to see him first, they're given the job of spreading the word of his return, becoming bearers of the good news, heralds of the gospel. Their willingness to stay close and bear the pain positions them to be the first to experience Jesus' return, to see death turn into life, to witness God's love in this, I know this is on the nose, seismic way. <laughs> in this life, we know, don't we, that safety is an illusion. As Barbara Brown Taylor puts it, there is no permanently safe place to settle. So, she says, I will always be at sea, steering by stars. I will always be at sea, steering by stars. I love that image. To me, that captures the fear and great joy that the women tonight experience. Powerful, unsettling, true. It may be that we will always be at sea in the mystery, steering by stars. Someone said, though, a ship is safe in a harbor, but that is not what a ship is for. And that is not what you and I are for either. We face a constant choice between safety, or at least the illusion of safety, and new life. Often, choosing new life, change, growth, 
pretty much guarantees ongoing uncertainty and even anguish. It's a lot easier to try to hide. And it's no wonder that the guards faint like dead men and the disciples run away. The pain is real. And yet, on this night and always, we are anything but alone. When we let him in, Christ lives in us and for us, continually turning the pain, our suffering, our mistakes, our fatal errors, all of it, into new life. This is what we celebrate tonight. The candle that you held for so long that hot wax dripped on your hands. That's the light of Christ in your heart. And with him, in him, through him, you are continually guided out of death into life. Steering by stars, yes, but the stars, too, are his. Amen.